Can you remember a time when something happened that changed your perception of things? When your eyes were opened and you saw with a deeper understanding or with more nuance or with greater clarity? Maybe it was one Sunday here when you realized, hey, church can be uplifting and maybe even fun. Maybe it was in a relationship with somebody who's always bugged you. But something shifted in you and you started to see them as worthy of your care and respect. Maybe it was something that caused you to start seeing the world in a whole different way that made you realize you needed to start redrawing your map of how things are. One night, a couple of weeks ago, I was driving home from here. Takes me 30 minutes door to door and my car pretty much knows the way. I oftentimes drive in silence, grateful for the quiet. But for some reason, about halfway home, I decided to turn on the radio, and I caught the last few minutes of a conversation with Reverend Angel Kyoto Williams that included these words which you just heard in the reading. She said, I think that if we can move our work, whatever work we're up to, whatever kind of desire that we have for our own development in life, to be willing to face discomfort and receive it as an opportunity for growth and expansion and a commentary about what is now more available to us rather than what it is that is limiting us and taking something away from us, that we will, in no time at all, we will be a society that enhances the lives of all our species. This really grabbed me. You see, I was already down with doing our own work and facing discomfort as a path to growth This is what it means to be a person of faith, right? But what got me in that moment was what Reverend Angel Kyoto Williams said so clearly, that if we do this work in no time at all, we will be a society that enhances the lives of all our species. I have long understood that this is our work And I know you have too because of the varied ways you are being such loving and prophetic witnesses both within these walls and especially outside of them. But I never thought that this work was going to come to fruition in our lifetimes. You see, I have long held to the idea that this work, which in traditional Christian language is called the coming of the kingdom of God, the time that prophets call for when justice shall roll down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. I've long held that this work is so big 
that it's not going to get done anytime soon. The arc of the moral universe is long. Our hymnal has a section in it called In Time to Come with songs about this promise. I've just always thought that time was somewhere way down the road. And I was okay with that. And then here comes this voice saying, in no time at all, saying we are getting close to a tipping point in our world where there's this growing number of people who are different than what humans have mostly been throughout our history, which is rooted in one place and in one way of living and understanding what we now call tribal. She says there's this growing number of us, and she's certainly thinking about you all here, including you in this number, who are looking at things in a more fluid and expansive way. We see diversity as a blessing and not a curse. We are okay with things changing and evolving. Well, most of the time, right? Change, change. We understand even that sometimes something has to die in order for there to be resurrection and renewal. But in no time at all, for me, this changes everything. Last Sunday, I was down at All Souls in New London, Connecticut. The congregation we were matched up with in the program called Leap of Faith four and a half years ago, they were our mentors and guides. And so at the start of the sermon, I thanked them. And at some point in time, I said, I wonder if you all here have any idea how you have blessed us, your sister church, two hours north of here in Haverhill. These people most of you will never get to meet. I told them that their Leap of Faith team, Lynn, Claire, Bob, Reverends, Caitlin, and Carolyn, had loved us and listened us into a new way of being, that they showed up for us wholeheartedly and how moved we were by this experience. People we'd never met said to us, we are here for you to listen, to encourage, to companion you on the way. And I told them that if I know one thing about ministry, it's this, the importance of presence, of showing up. The poet Julia Kasdorf writes, whatever we say means nothing. What anyone will remember is that we came. Those folks showed up for us. They welcomed us with open arms. And the connections that we made back then, they endure. What is striking about that New London congregation is how adventurous they have been. They had this beautiful, historic, but small and therefore quite limited building. They had the same stained glass Jesus that we do in slightly different proportions, more wide. But some years ago, they decided to move out of that building because just down the hill from their church, a used car, a car dealership came up for sale. 
that had a big parking lot and accessible space, and now they worship in what used to be a car showroom. Because they felt this call to a new way of being church. They understood that vitality comes from trying new things and from experimenting and even from taking risks. And they helped us with that too. They helped us put to rest some things in our past that were still hanging around and haunting us so that we might boldly embrace our future too. Last Sunday when I saw one of the members of their team, the first thing she said to me after hello was, have you all done anything about renovating that religious education space yet? And I said, we're talking about it. You know, we've done some good work here and we're doing some new things and there is a sense of vitality and energy in our midst And I hope that this all is a springboard for us, that we will seize the day and set even more audacious and bold and hopeful goals for ourselves, that we will embrace this way of change and growth. And thinking on a larger scale, isn't this what our nation needs these days and our world? People who know something about how to do this kind of soul work, who aren't afraid of change, to try new things and even let some things fall away. These days, don't we need this hope that change is coming, that peace and goodness is possible? You know we're living in troubled and fractious times. But lately I started feeling differently about all the problems facing us, from racism to sexism to violence to poverty to the opioid epidemic to climate change to mistrust around all kinds of difference. I miss anything? Everywhere you look, things seem broken. But I've come to believe and trust that the troubles of our present day are just the birth pangs of a new era of liberation. That the wounds we're seeing right now, it's like the bandages have been torn off and we can't pretend any longer that things are just fine. We're being forced to look at how things really are, to see that we aren't post-racial, that we're still in a culture that's rooted in white supremacy, to see that capitalism isn't going to save us, that there will never come a tide that rises so high that it lifts all boats. So we have to look squarely at what is, at what we might rather turn away from. And this can be hard and painful, but it is the start of growth and transformation and liberation. Our theme for this month is transcendence, And sometimes people see transcendence as blissfully floating above trouble, a kind of escape. But real and deep transcendence comes not from turning away, but from facing what you fear. Not from running away from it, but from leaning into it and passing courageously through with it 
as Durkheim said, making of your struggle a raft that leads to the far shore. The Buddhist teacher Sharon Salzberg tells us, sit like a mountain. No matter how many winds are blowing, no matter how many clouds are swirling, no matter how many lions are prowling, be intimate with everything and sit like a mountain. Isn't that the invitation and the need of these days? to find an inner peace in the midst of the struggle so you can live with an open heart, so you can do your part to help heal and bless our world. I know that if I touch that place of depth in my own morning prayer and meditation, I'm likely to be a little more forgiving of that person who cuts me off in traffic I'm likely to be more able to be present to those who need what I have to offer. And I have to trust that these tiny acts of faith combined with your little acts of faith and hope and love, all these ripples gather and are making a difference as they go out into our world. I commend to you that conversation that I heard on the radio with Reverend Angel Kyoto Williams. It's from the show called On Being, and you can find it online. Reverend Williams says, we're not going to have a better world until we reclaim and repair the human spirit, like what we're doing here. She says this involves undoing some of the things that no longer serve us, the old ways that are keeping us from being free. We have to go through this struggle, and that can even sometimes feel like death, but we know how to do this, right? Maybe something that we church people can teach the wider society these days. Reverend Williams says, there is something dying in our society, in our culture, and there's something dying in us individually. And what is dying, I think, is the willingness to be in denial. And that is extraordinary. The willingness to be in denial is dying in a meaningful number of us, and when it happens in enough of us, in a short enough period of time, at the same time, then you have a tipping point, and the culture begins to shift. Do you know the poem, Keeping Quiet, by Pablo Neruda? He writes, if we were not so single-minded about keeping our lives moving and for once could do nothing, perhaps a huge silence might interrupt this sadness of never understanding ourselves and threatening ourselves with death. Perhaps the earth can teach us when everything seems dead and later proves to be alive. My friends in faith, let us be mindful of what a gift it is that we have one another, and we have this invitation to be open to the spirit that is moving in our midst. We have this good and hard work that lies before us, 
And we have this hope and this promise that if we join hands and face what is broken and do our own part, then our world, our beautiful and broken world will be redeemed in no time at all. Will you affirm that with me? In no time at all. And let's say together, Amen.